Welcome to the podcast of Woburn Baptist Church. We hope that you enjoy listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. You turn in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2 will be finishing up chapter 2, beginning in verse 18. But um, here Jesus comes as the one who has eyes of flaming fire. He sees everything. He sees our lives. And we may be able to put on a good show. We may be able to give all the right answers. And we may be able to pull the wool over somebody's eyes. But Jesus sees everything. He sees down to the depths of our soul. He sees every thought that we have. He sees everything that we do. Even if nobody else in the world sees what we've done, Jesus sees it. And that's how Jesus comes to the church of Thyatira. Let's, start, let's, uh, let's read our text from Revelation chapter 2, beginning in verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira write, The words of the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire, whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love and faith and service and patient endurance, and that your latter works exceed the first. But I have this against you, that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. Behold, I will throw her on a sickbed, and those who commit adultery with her I will throw into the great tribulation unless they repent of her works. And I will strike her children dead, and all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, only hold fast to what you have until I come. The one who conquers... And who keeps my works until the end, to him I will give authority over the nations. And he will rule them with a rod of iron, as when earthen pots are broken in pieces. Even I myself have received authority from my Father, and I will give him the morning star. He who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let's pray. Father, give us ears to hear. Help us to, to hear what you are saying to this church here in Woburn, Illinois. Help us to, to heed your words, Lord, to, to not tolerate false teaching and immorality. Lord, not to... Um, not to tolerate that, but Lord, to, to do what you have instructed us to do. To have pure lives, to cling to you above all things, 
Father, be with me, a weak, a frail person, a sinner. Lord, give me strength to preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Just as Jesus addresses each of the other churches, he comes to the church of Thyatira and he says, to the angel of the church of Thyatira. And then he describes himself as we saw in chapter 1. He gave the full picture of who he was and at each of these churches he describes something that we saw in that vision before. Although something we see in this one is actually new. We didn't see this in the, in the other one. It says the, the words of the Son of God. Now, it, it shouldn't really strike us. We know who's talking. This is Jesus. We know He's the Son of God, but He hadn't said that to the other churches. You go back and you look at um, Ephesus. You go back and look at Smyrna. You go back and look at Pergamum. None of them does He say the Son of God says. But here to the church of Thyatira, He is saying the Son of God. What's significant about that? Well, I think it has something to do with his authority. He is speaking as the Son of God. Later on in the passage, we see his authority being brought out. Here we see Jesus as the king who is the heir to the throne of David. When we look at 1 Samuel chapter 7, we look at, um, or is it 2 Samuel? I, I may have to check myself there. Um, there is a promise to David that God would give David a son who would sit on a throne forever, and it says, I will be a father to him and he will be a son to me. And I think that's pointing forward to Jesus who we will call the Son of God. This is His calling Himself here, the Son of God, points to the fact that He is the King who sits on the throne of David. He has authority. He commands His church. And we obey. And He says, The words of the Son of God who has eyes like flames of fire. I've already talked a little bit about that, but we see here with Jesus' eyes like flames of fire, He sees it all. He sees down into our hearts. We may think we can pull the wool over somebody's eyes. We may think we can give a good impression about ourselves. But Jesus sees down to our hearts and we're not fooling anybody. Then he says, Who whose feet are like burnished bronze. These burnished bronze feet has, has the idea of, of purity because you, you, you burnish this bronze, you, you heat it up in a fire so that all the impurities will be smelted out. So Jesus is pure. And while He looks at us and He sees all of our impurities, all of our sins, His own self is completely pure. Jesus says to the church, just like He does in, many of the, in most of the other churches, He gives a commendation about what they're doing right, and then He gives a criticism, what, what they need to repent of, what they need to change. And here, Jesus says, I know your works. They are a church that works hard. They, they do things to show the love of Jesus to their communities. They work. Their, your love and your faith and service. 
These all sound like things we might see in the fruits of the Spirit list. Your love, your faith and service, your patience and endurance. And your latter works exceed the first. This was a good church from all these things that he is saying. They were exhibiting the fruits of the Spirit. They loved their neighbors. They had faith in Jesus. They they had patient endurance. All of these things are good. Yet, just like five out of these seven churches, Jesus says he has something against them. Verse 20, but I have this against you that you tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess and is teaching and seducing my servants to practice sexual immorality and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I don't think that the, this, this church there in Thyatira, when John is writing this down as Jesus is speaking to them and to us, I don't think that this was probably somebody who was literally named Jezebel. Like, like who would name their daughter Jezebel <laughs> after reading of the one there in First Kings? But it, it was pointing back. What, what this false teacher was doing was just like Jezebel in the Old Testament. Jezebel was not an Israelite. She was a foreigner. She was not one of God's people, yet she married the king of Israel. Israel, which was the northern kingdom, the one who had rejected the son of David in the southern kingdom. Rejected the Messianic line. This foreigner, not an Israelite, Came in, and what did Jezebel do? She taught the people to do all kinds of of idolatry. They built an Asherah pole. It was kind of an idol that they had back then. They brought the people out to worship Baal. All these things that Jezebel influenced Ahab to do. Jesus says, "This false teacher that was among them, they were, she was seducing my servants." That, that draws a line. Who is she seducing into idolatry and sexual immorality? My servants. Meaning, she's not one. This Jezebel. She's not one of the servants. And she's seducing my servants, pulling them away from me to become disciples of her own. You know, when you look at... Uh, um, Acts chapter 20, and Paul, he's giving a farewell to the Ephesian elders... When he does so, he warns the church, after my departure, there'll be, uh, beware, there'll be wolves who'll come in in sheep's clothing and they'll, they'll draw many disciples after themselves. That's what Jezebel was doing. She was pulling away people who were disciples of Jesus and making them disciples of herself. We think that this is obvious. We think that this would be clear Yet, Satan comes as an angel of light. And sometimes things can creep in. And everything seems fine. Everything seems hunky-dory. But fruit will reveal in the end. Jesus says, by your fruits, you will know them. The fruit that we see here in this false teacher was that she was bringing them away to practice sexual immorality. 
You know, we see this was similar to the teaching of, of the Nicolaitans that we saw in the last chapter. Basically, you know, and we can see it today in our own culture. We look at our own culture and, and there are many out there who claim to be Christian churches, Christian denominations, who will say, well, there's nothing really wrong with homosexuality. There's nothing really wrong with this or that. Oh, we, we, you're just not in touch with how the Spirit has moved, is the way some of them might put it. But the fact is, the Spirit is not going to move in a way that's in contrast with what He said in His Word. And there are false teachers today who will draw out people into those kinds of practices and to, to eat food sacrificed to idols. Now, this is a, a concept that we see in Paul that, that, that's, you know, in some places it seems like he's saying it's okay. And in some places he says don't. And in, 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 in a sense, it's a, it's a conscience issue. You know there's nothing there. But maybe what's happening is these people were coming from a pagan background. These people were coming with the, the feeling of, of, you know, if they, if they were to meet, eat, meet, eat meat sacrificed to idols, then they would be sinning. And this false teacher was calling in, calling them to break their own conscience and to do that. To eat this meat and participate in this idolatry that was going on. And Jesus says in verse 21, I gave her time to repent. But she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. And I think what we see here, what did Jesus call the church of Pergamum to do? What we looked at last week, Jesus was calling the Pergamum, Pergamum church to repent by, I think, practicing church discipline. They were to confront those who were these false teachers holding the teachings of the Nicolaitans. They were to confront them and call them to repentance. And if they didn't do it, then God, Jesus was going to come and make war against these false teachers. Here, it seems like, because Jesus says, I gave her time to repent, that had already been begun. There were some in the congregation maybe who, who went to this false teacher and told, called her out, told her that she needed to repent. Maybe even a second time there was someone that came along with a couple of others, like Jesus says in Matthew 18. And called her out, told her to repent, and she refused. But for some reason, when it came to the whole congregation, maybe her disciples outnumbered those who were true disciples of Jesus. And for some reason, they were not able to exclude this false teacher. Jesus says, I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her sexual immorality. And he says, behold, I will throw her onto a sickbed. And those who commit adultery with her, I will throw into a great tribulation unless they repent of her works. And Jesus is saying, if you, church, are not going to do anything about this, I will. They have tolerated the woman Jezebel. And if they're not going to do anything about it, Jesus will come and he will throw this false teacher on a sickbed and all of her disciples with her. They will have tribulation. They will have distress. They will have all kinds of manners so that Jesus would be glorified. We'll see that in a minute. Verse, 13, or verse 23, 
and I will strike her children dead. We don't think of Jesus saying this, but this is Jesus saying, I will strike her children dead. You know, sometimes we just have to be shocked by Jesus. If we're not shocked by Jesus, then we're really not reading the Bible very well. If, if what we read about Jesus, we never get surprised, we never get shocked, then what we're really doing is just thinking about what we think Jesus should be, about, be like, and we're reading those passages that confirm it. But... When we read this, that Jesus says, I will, I will strike her children dead. That should shock us. I think what he's talking about there is the disciples, these, these disciples of the uh, false teacher, Jezebel. Jesus will go so far for his own glory, for his own namesake, for his own church, that he will even kill them. And then he says, And all the churches will know that I am he who searches the mind and heart, and I will give to each of you according to your works. Why does he do this? Why does he come and throw this false teacher on a sickbed along with all of her uh, disciples and, and even strike dead some of her children? So that the churches will know who he is. That Jesus is the one who sees it all. There's nothing that we can hide from him. He is the one who searches hearts and minds. And He will hold us accountable for everything we do, both individually and as a church. I am He who searches hearts and minds, and I will give to each of you according to your works. There is a judgment coming. There is a judgment coming, and Jesus will... Well, while we like to think of him as a Jesus meek and mild who would never do anything harsh, he is the one who's coming in judgment. He is the one who will render it to each one according to his deeds. But then he says this, verse 24, but to the rest of you in Thyatira, I think the rest of them in Thyatira are probably the ones who went to confront her to say that she needed to repent. The ones who tried to get the process of church discipline going. To the rest of you in Thyatira who do not hold this teaching, who have, uh, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, I say to you, I don't lay any other burden on you. You've already done what you need to do. You know, in the last church that he was talking to in Pergamum, he said, repent. They were all being held accountable. They needed to confront these false teachers within their midst. But here he says, the ones who have not held these teachings, I don't hold anything. I don't give you any other burden, probably because they're the ones who already had stood up to her. Jesus says, only hold fast to what you have. Hold fast. Hold firm. Don't give in. Don't compromise. Verse 26, 
The one who conquers and who keeps my works till the end, to him I will give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron, as with earthen pots are broken in pieces, even as I myself have received authority from my Father. What does Jesus promise? You know, each one of these churches, Jesus gives a promise to the one who overcomes. He, he promises all kinds of things. He promised in the first, uh, in, in Ephesus, He promised the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life. And to Smyrna, He says to the one who conquers, will not be hurt by the second death. And to the church of Pergamum, He says, the one who conquers, I will give some hidden manna and a white stone with a name written on it that no one knows. And here Jesus says, I will give authority. You know, the church has authority. We live in an age where we feel like people can't really speak to us and say, well, you need to change this. You're, you're sinning here. We don't like it when people come to us and confront us about things. But the church, Jesus says, has authority. Like when Peter confessed Jesus and gave Him the keys to the kingdom, so to speak. He says the gates of hell will not prevail against His church. In Matthew 18, Jesus says that I am there in the midst of whether two or three gathered in My name. And Jesus says in the Great Commission, all authority has been given to me. Go therefore. We have authority as a church. We are not weak. Jesus has commissioned us with His Word. We have authority to speak to things. And Jesus says whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. When we recognize and we're speaking in accordance with His Word, we speak with authority. That's countercultural because we live in a world where everybody says, well, nobody can tell me what to do. But God's Word does and God's church does when we are in accordance with His Word. Jesus says to the one who conquers and keeps My Word until the end, I will give him authority over the nations. He will rule with a rod of iron. And I think this is talking about when Jesus comes back in the millennium. In the millennium. And, and maybe, maybe that's a new concept for some people, but when Jesus comes back, He will set up a millennial kingdom to reign for a thousand years here on this earth. And you know, believers, you know, we're going to be there. He's going to raise us up, and we're going to be there in that millennium while Jesus is reigning here on the earth for a thousand years. Jesus says, if you do well to practice authority here by practicing church discipline and by other means, if you do well here, if you do well when you're in your training period in this life, I'll give you authority over the nations in the future. This life is training for heaven. This life is training for that time when Jesus comes again and He will give us authority based on how we've lived this life now. And find oh, not finally. Verse 28. And He says, 
And I will give him the morning star. What's that about? The morning star. Well, in Revelation 22, verse 16, he tells us what the morning star is. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. I am the root and descendant of David, the bright morning star. Jesus is the morning star. You know what Jesus is promising the one who overcomes? I will give you me. I will give you me. Jesus is saying, if you overcome, if you are able to do this, what I'm commanding you to do, you get me. You get a relationship with me. You get intimacy with me. He promises himself. That's the greatest prize of all. And Jesus finally says, what he says to all these churches and what he says to us, let him, he who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To my knowledge, I don't believe anybody here is a false teacher like this Jezebel. But we do need to be on our guard. Be watching out, both watching life and doctrine. Maybe somebody can have just toe the line and have just the right doctrine right down the line, be able to say, yes, I agree with that, yes, I agree with that, yes, I agree with that. But you look at their life. By the fruits you shall know them. This is kind of a sober topic. But it's what Jesus said. It's what I think we need to hear. Thank you for listening to this message from Woburn Baptist Church. For more information, please visit us at www.wilburnbaptistchurch.org or you can also like us on Facebook. Thank you.